Welcome to foreverfit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. With your host, Nicola Riley, personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, here to help you get in the best shape of your life. Hey, welcome to foreverfit.tv. I'm Nicola Riley, and today we are talking all things barefoot. Now, I am a huge fan of barefoot. I used to be the um, Essex Arch supporting shoe queen and that was all that I was able to run in and they used to cost me a fortune (laughs) having to get them all the time not that I've got anything against Essex that is but what I have discovered is barefoot running and how much this has improved not only my posture but also um, I'm like injury free I used to always get knee pain and uh, um, pain on the inside of my um, patella and since improving my running technique and taking the time to do so, this has been something that has taken me a good year. And um, I've done this through um, simply doing things like stand-up desks through to lots of walking and doing this in minimus shoes. And over time, my um, strides have improved, my um, my posture has improved, and I'm now able to run a good 30 to 40 minutes without any pain, which is awesome. And so over time, I might increase that, I might not. I'm not running because I'm training for anything, I'm just running purely because I'm... I want to be a person who runs once a week, just a really nice run, getting outdoors on an adventure. It's just something that I always used to do, but for the past like 10 years, I, I stopped because I thought I was someone who had knee pain and thought that I just couldn't run. And so I've worked my way back into being able to run, and I do that once a week, just a nice like half an hour run, and then I include in my sprints and my other training. And this is the type of training that I've got in the online gym under the weekly schedules. So new this week, we have got an awesome extreme workout, and this is using lots of barbells, and we've got some, speaking of running, we've got some running intervals in between that, and then we come back. It's kind of um, a real high-intensity, challenging workout, and just I was on fire after that. Then we've got a hit workout. This is... Um, not quite as intense, much more dynamic movements. We use a Swiss ball and some kettlebells. And again, this is just a really short workout, so under 20 minutes, and you can just do that at home. And then halfway through the week, we've got a really fabulous release yoga. So the release yogas are much more chilled out. They combine the Tai Chi with some stretching and some mobility work just to help loosen the body up and build energy. Because all the, the online gym's not just about working out, also having workout work routines in there that build energy as well. So releases are what I'd consider a work-in routine. So it's about building energy and just making you feel fantastic. And then on the weekly schedule, you'll also see what your sprint training is for the week and your interval work to help build up your strength there. So... Um, awesome week coming up if you are doing it along with me then next week you have got a recovery week which I'm sure you're looking forward to so I hope you've got something really nice planned for yourself and then we kick off with phase number three so it's all perfectly paradise so you're not overtraining getting the balance in and you're getting your body strong and adapting so this is the kind of approach that helps build up um, your strength properly without um overtraining so this is what I've been doing for a long time to build up my strength and my barefoot running so this is why I'm so excited about today's interview I interview Dr Brett Hill he's a chiropractor from Australia and he 
is um, one of the um, co-hosts of The Wellness Guys, which is an um, absolutely awesome podcast show that I listen to. And we talk all things barefoot, like why why is it so good, um, how you can transition to, into it, the type of training to do, what sort of things to watch out for. And we go into all the detail about barefoot running and... Yeah, why he he loves it and why I love it and it's just something that you might want to consider if you're wanting to um, improve your running or maybe you are someone who has, um, you know, you're not really into running but you're sort of just wanting to um, incre- improve your posture and your energy and just get a whole more holistic approach to your training and this is what Barefoot Running is about. So without any further ado, I will pass you over to the interview. Dr. Brett Hill, it is absolutely fantastic to have you all the way over from Adelaide, Australia, over the interwebs, coming to TV. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Hey, so why don't you start by telling the listeners all about who you are and what you do? Cool. All right, that could take a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a chiropractor by, by trade, I guess. Uh, so um, that's sort of where it all started for me was, was through my chiropractic education and, and I guess predominantly through my chiropractic philosophy, sort of this understanding of, of the world and how it works and, and particularly healthcare, you know, the kind of the basic sort of chiropractic ideas that, that our bodies are designed to be healthy and that if we give it what it needs all of what it needs and none of what it doesn't, then that's actually the natural healthy state for our body. So so I guess my grounding sort of comes from chiropractic, but obviously from there I've gone into doing lots of other stuff. Um, and so I've done quite a bit of media um, work with, uh, you know, writing articles for newspapers, going on radio, doing all that sort of stuff, uh, which which led me towards writing a book. Um, so I've written a book called How to Eat an Elephant, which is all about health and wellness and well-being. Um, and then I guess from there moved into podcasting as well. And so now... I co-host two podcast shows, uh, The Wellness Guys and That Paleo Show. Um, obviously, from that, you can understand that I do take a bit more of a paleo sort of primal approach to things. I like the idea of you know, getting back to nature and getting back to the basics in terms of our health and wellness. Um, and so from that, then, we've now got a whole podcast network called The Wellness Couch. And so, um, yeah, it's sort of, I guess, grown. What I do has really grown and evolved as we've gone along. Um, from from sort of chiropractor working one on one to now I guess doing a lot more stuff that's one to many. Cool, and it's exciting. I love following what you guys are doing. So tell me, how do you actually eat an elephant? <laughs> <laughs> well, so the concept of how to eat an elephant it's really all about one bite at a time. So you know, I really like the concept. There's a concept the Japanese talk about, and they call it kaizen. And what that means is small steps of continual and never-ending improvement. And you know, as I sort of started sitting back and trying to write a book, and, and I probably started and stopped about four or five times, just trying to figure out how to structure up a book that was going to be actually effective. Like my, my biggest kind of fear was that I'd write a book that people would get and put on their shelves and either not even read it or read it and not do anything about it. And so I really wanted to get this structure of the book right. And so as I sort of looked back and saw how I'd changed, I mean, I've, I've changed from someone who you know, as a early 20s, you know, I was working at a hardware store. My average lunch was a pie, a pasty, a 1.25 litre soft drink and sometimes a Mars bar as well, <laughs> through to someone who now eats really healthily, exercises a lot, is pretty conscious of my mindset, all of that sort of stuff. But it didn't happen overnight. And and I guess, you know, you see so many people who try and make massive drastic changes overnight 
who just can't stick it out, who it just doesn't work for. And you know, if you start looking at the stats around diets or the stats around people who start exercising on New Year's Day and all those sort of things, you know, they're they're not great and they're not terribly successful. And and I find lots of people have done that and tried it, and they've gone and tried to make change, uh, and they haven't succeeded, and they felt pretty bad about it, and they find that then it makes it harder to try and make change again. So. The whole concept of the book is about chunking it down into really small, really easy, really doable challenges so that you can just do it one bite at a time. So you can take on a, a small challenge, you know, small, so small, so easy that you couldn't possibly fail and you set yourself up for success. And you, that, that one little small success then makes it easier to make a second step and then a third step. And so the whole concept of the book is about creating this kind of snowball effect where you create real sustainable lifestyle change, not for the next three weeks, not for the next six months, but but stuff you're going to change for the rest of your life. And so you gain this momentum towards towards a really healthier life for the long term, which is really the important thing in the long run is is the long-term benefits, not the yo-yo ups and downs. Yeah, no, totally. I love that. Now, you, you said that you were the Mars bar kind of guy. Um, yeah. What, was there a day that you woke up or a pivotal moment that you decided to head towards... Um, you know, real health. Yeah, it's such an interesting question because there really wasn't for me, and I kind of I feel a bit let down because I, th- you know, so many other of the health and wellness experts out there have got these amazing stories of their, you know, their health and how it went so bad and they had this amazing transformation <laughs> and you know, and I kind of feel I don't really have one at all to be honest. It was for me, it was actually more of a philosophical understanding of of how health works and how the body works and how I could get what I wanted out of life. I guess where. I, I just started looking at the life I was leading and I started looking at, I guess, the way my body was and I was I was never terribly sick but, but I just I knew that I could get better out of myself. I knew that I could do better and I knew that if I wanted to do better in the long term, if I wanted to achieve all of the things that I was starting to realize I wanted to achieve in my life, then I was going to have to look after my body a bit differently. So it, it was more of a sort of a gradual understanding and obviously discovering chiropractic was a massive part of that because when I started this first found out about chiropractic, I had no idea what it was really, but I sort of learned about this this underlying philosophy behind it and the more I started to learn about that and then obviously as I started going through uni and I started interacting with chiropractors, going to observe them, going to talks, all of this sort of stuff, then I just gradually learned more and more information and the more I learned, the more I just realized, okay, you know, what I'm doing now isn't congruent with what I want to be and, and what I want to share with everyone else and so I just sort of gradually started making changes over time. Yeah, no, totally. And like that whole like bite-sized approach, it all comes, you know, we started talking about um, nutrition, but it's that's how people should approach the exercises in it as well, just those little daily yeah. routines and habits. Absolutely. I, th- I think it can apply to absolutely everything in your life. And so, you know, for instance, when you talk about exercise, you know, the advice I will sometimes give to people, I, I say, look, you've just got to start somewhere. And so for some people who who just literally don't exercise at all, then I say, then what if you just put your exercise clothes next to your bed in the morning. And in the morning, you're just committed to getting up and putting your exercise clothes on and that's it. You know, like like that's literally how small I chunk it down for them. And I say, do you know what? Chances are you get up, you put your exercise clothes on, you'll probably do something. And that might mean you walk around your bed. It might mean you walk <laughs> up the end of the hallway. It might mean that you walk around your house or it might mean you walk around your block. You know, whatever it is, I don't care. Because what's more important than where you're at is what direction you're heading. So as long as you can take some sort of small step in the right direction – that then you're starting the process, you're, you're gaining that momentum and it really is that, you know, that law of inertia that, you know, a body in motion tends to stay in motion. Once you start moving, then you tend to just keep moving in that direction and you start to notice the benefits, you start to feel good about it, 
you get that positive reinforcement from feeling like you've done something, like you've made a change and that it's had a positive impact on your body and on your health. And from there, it just sort of snowballs forward. So you can absolutely do it with exercise. You can absolutely do it with your mindset. You know, you can really apply it to all aspects of your life. Yeah, and I love that. Hey, so you are get, getting a bit of a name for a barefoot, barefoot kind of yeah. bloke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. It's so funny. I did a talk on the weekend down in Tasmania and it was freezing cold. And so it was the first talk I've done in ages where I didn't actually talk on stage barefoot. <laughs> and the first question I got straight afterwards, someone comes up and goes, hey, I wasn't even sure it was you. I said, why not? They said, because you're wearing shoes. What's with that? <laughs> and, I, and I said, nah, it was too cold. <laughs> I wore my barefoot shoes though, so that kind of counts. But it was too cold to go barefoot, barefoot. It was freezing down there. Classic. <laughs> so so let, let's start. Why on earth would you go barefoot? Well, at the end of the day, I mean, it's what we're designed to do, isn't it? I mean, it's you know, we think of barefoot as being something kind of a bit weird nowadays, I guess, but it, it, it's about the most natural, normal thing you can possibly do. You know, we, we didn't evolve with big you know, strips of rubber or leather underneath our feet. We, we evolved getting around everywhere barefoot. And so, you know, the the approach I like to take really, I guess, with everything that I do in terms of health is looking at, well, what's our body designed to do? Because if we understand the concept that our body is self-healing and self-regulating, which it is, if we understand the concept that our body is designed to be healthy, then we realize that, okay, if my body evolved over millions of years to be healthy and to be perfectly suited to the environment, and that that takes a long time, okay, and then you, and then you realize that we've changed that environment drastically over the last you know, a couple of hundred, couple of thousand years and and that genetically really uh, we haven't changed at all, much if at all over that period. Uh, you realize that, that maybe we're designed to be doing stuff that's more like what we were doing, I guess, in a paleo or a hunter-gatherer time, that that's actually what our body's designed to do. And certainly when you look at the barefoot concept, it, it seems to make sense that, you know, the shoes that we tend to get around in now don't allow our feet to move as they're naturally designed to. Um, and we know that anything that's not moving well, it can lead to degeneration, it can lead to wasting of muscles, it can affect the ligaments. So so it's about getting your feet moving. Um, it's also understanding uh, proprioception, which is the feedback you get back to your brain about where your body is in space. And obviously, the less you have between you and the ground, then the better that feedback is. And and that feedback's been really shown to be very important, not just in terms of obviously understanding where your feet and ankles are and decreasing your risk of perhaps falling over or injuring or those sort of things, but also it's been shown to stimulate your brain. And so when proprioception stimulates your brain, it actually helps to release dopamine and serotonin and it helps your whole body de-stress. And so you know, the major source of that is actually from your spine. We talk about that a lot as chiropractors, obviously, and that's one of the major reasons why getting your spine functioning right, whether or not you've got symptoms, is a really important thing. But outside of your spine, then your feet are one of the next major sources of that proprioceptive feedback. So it's really important in terms of helping your whole body de-stress. Uh, and then also, then obviously, once your whole body's de-stressed, then that actually has a global effect on your body in terms of chronic disease and illness as well. Um, and then, of course, biomechanically, you know, there, there's a massive uh, logical reason for wanting to go barefoot biomechanically because we're just not designed to have these big pads under our feet and particularly not the elevated pads under our heels. And, you know, we often talk about high heels and how they affect the whole posture and how they can cause back problems and leg problems and all that sort of stuff. But but really, all of our shoes, you know, our dress shoes, our running shoes are to a lesser degree high heels. They're, they're putting a wedge up under your heel. Uh, and that's affecting the whole biomechanics of everything else above it, uh, including affecting the biomechanics of how you walk and particularly how you run. 
Um, so, you know, by the time you get that wedge up under your heel, it makes it very hard to, to run with a natural sort of midfoot minimalist running style. Uh, and it tends to encourage a heel strike. First of all, because there's the big wedge under your heel, and it makes it easier for that to strike the ground first. Secondly, because there's so much padding there, it tends to make it sort of easier for you just to slam your heel down onto the ground, which, which obviously, without that padding, is is pretty uncomfortable. Um, and that really drastically changes your whole running technique. Like I said, it, it affects your ankles, your knees, your hips, your lower back, the whole way up uh, in a way that... Uh, First of all, it tends to make you slower for most people. Most people find if they get into a more of a barefoot, minimalistic running style, they go a bit quicker. Uh, but also, I think, is, is more incongruent with the way your body is designed to function and, and is likely, I think, although you know, the research isn't quite there yet to, to prove this, but it's likely to be causing less injuries. Um, and, and on that topic, it's important to understand that there, are, there isn't really any research suggesting that wearing shoes decreases your risk of injuries. Um, and there's some interesting research suggesting that actually going barefoot you end up with less impact going up into your legs. You actually end up with less of a ground reaction force barefoot than you do with the shoes on, which sounds kind of crazy when you think about the padding that's there. Um, but because of the way it changes your technique, because of the way it encourages that heel strike, you tend to n- miss out on the natural padding and the natural shock absorbency that your body has uh, because you're relying on those shoes. So. There's a whole bunch of reasons for going barefoot. How's that? Yeah, I was actually. Going to, I'm glad you brought that up because I can't remember where I heard it, but about the impact going through like the knee joint, they compared barefoot yeah. to um, full-on like arch-supporting heeled padded yeah. shoes. Yeah, it's, it's and... really interesting. There's there's some great videos on YouTube if you look them up. And it's a guy. I always get mixed up. His his name's either Liebens, Lieberson or Lieberman. One of those two. Anyway, you can look him up and, if, and he actually has done it and he's put people on the treadmill without giving them any sort of technique advice at all and he's just measured the ground reaction forces with them wearing shoes and then he's got them to take off the shoes and then measured it again and you can actually see from the video how their technique changes when they take their shoes off uh, but you can also see where he's measured the ground reaction forces and there's actually less force going through. So that's a really cool little thing. If, if you want to check it out on YouTube, you can find that little video and it's pretty interesting. Cool. I'll try hunting that out. I mean, and that just kind of proves the point of how incredible the body is that yeah. it's naturally got the muscles to to support you and create less impact. But here we are putting things on our feet to yeah. be lazy. Well, <laughs> well, once again, it's just this concept that our bodies are designed to be healthy. You know, our bodies did evolve over millions of years to be perfectly suited to that environment. And so I like to talk to people and I say, you know, like I was just down in Tasmania, as I said on the weekend, and they've got the most amazing forests down there, like the... 90-meter-tall trees, which just blow you away. And I said to the people down there, I said, okay, let's imagine you went into that forest before any man came along, before any interference was there. And if you went into that forest, I said, what could you do to make that forest better? All right. And they all sort of thought about it, and then they smiled, and they giggled a little bit, and they all went, well, nothing. Right? There's actually nothing you could do to make that forest better because it's evolved to be so perfectly unique, so perfectly in balance, so perfectly healthy that so long as we don't muck about with it, so long as we don't interfere with it, then it's going to stay that way and, and it's designed to be in perfect balance and harmony and it's amazing. It's just incredible. And I said to them, well, you know, what we often forget is that our bodies are just the same. You know, we tend to look out at nature and we get it when we look at nature but then when we look inwardly at ourselves, we think we're somehow magically different. Um, but we're not. We, we are also an ecosystem. We've also evolved over millions of years to be perfectly suited to our environment. So, and and you know, I'm not saying we all need to go get around barefoot and go back living in caves and cook stuff over the open fire. But you know, if we can just start to move back towards 
that sort of lifestyle towards something that's a bit more congruent with the way our body's designed to move and eat and all of those things, then then maybe we're going to get some better results. And and certainly for me, I've found that going barefoot has been one of those things that's that's been a significant improvement. Yeah, and I guess it's something to um, go on with that is that it's important to understand where your body is at now because a lot of people might hmm. be coming from a posture that's only, you know, 15% optimal. Yeah, and so absolutely. to then suddenly go pounding some pavements with some barefoot shoes is a, yeah. is a dramatic step. So Absolutely. So, yeah, the, and there's a couple of factors to that. And, you know, I guess the first thing to understand is that there are probably, or well, there are some people for whom barefoot would not be a wise choice. So if you've got, for example, peripheral neuropathies, you might be diabetic and, and you don't have great sensation in your feet, then it might not be a great idea to be getting around barefoot because you might be stepping on things, you might be causing injuries, you might be causing issues there. Um, similarly, if you've got, uh, you know, you may have some wear and tear, some degeneration or some congenital abnormalities in your feet, which might mean that for you going barefoot is not the right idea. But that's probably only about, say, 5 or 10% of the population. For the majority of people, they're perfectly suited to going barefoot. Um, but as you said, it, it might be something that takes time. And certainly for me, obviously, you know, I've been seeing a chiropractor consistently for about 15 years. So I knew that you know, in terms of my spine and my nervous system and my alignment, then that was all good. My, my posture was good. And so that was the first step for me. The second step for me was going and seeing a podiatrist who specialized in adjusting the feet and then took a more functional biomechanical, I guess, approach to the feet rather than just slapping everyone in orthotics. And and so he was able to help me transition from, because I'd been in orthotics for about 13 years before I started doing barefoot stuff. Um, and so he was able to help me get my feet moving again because I was so jammed up from being locked in that one position by those orthotics for so long. He was able to help me get my feet moving again and give me some stretches and exercises to strengthen my feet up. Um, and then once again, then it's a transition through to starting to do some barefoot exercise and, and even just doing some barefoot walking and that sort of stuff. And so... You know, you do want to take your time with that. Certainly, you know, I went out, my first barefoot run I did was about 10Ks through the Adelaide Hills um, and I wouldn't encourage people to do what I did. I'd encourage people to do what I say, not as I do because I ended up with incredibly painful calves for about three days after that because when your heel is going flat down to the ground, you do stretch your calves out a lot more and you do work your calves a lot more um, because you're using those muscles up under the arch of your feet as well. And so... I encourage people to transition slowly into it, um, and you, that might mean you start with some more structured shoes, and then you know, and and you might move to maybe some racing flats, and then to some barefoot shoes, and then maybe even eventually to completely barefoot. But but once again, you want to transition very slowly into that because for most people, the soles of their feet are pretty soft and delicate, and so if you're uh, if you just go straight out there and start pounding the pavement without any shoes on at all. Um, then you're likely to cause issues there as well, and and once again, I've done that through experience too. Yeah, I've I've been doing barefoot running for now maybe six months, but I started nice. off at simply standing at my desk yeah. and barefoot and pull up, you know, because I had I have shocking knees, and I've always for like ten years I've always just sort of had a knee problem, and I couldn't, you know, I could sprint, but I couldn't run over, you know, ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, and so. Yeah, I, and then, then I've spent six months just simply walking in my Vibram, you know, barefoot nice. shoes. And now, I'm, you know, I'm able to run and it's it's incredible just how much and of a difference. Just taking the time. 
Yeah, and there are so many people with that same story who've been able to get it back. And, and so many people I've found who say, look, I don't like running. I hate running. Running's terrible. Uh, but actually, for a lot of people, I said, look, actually, running's not terrible. You, you just need to learn to run right. And, and in the same way, people say, oh, running causes heaps of injuries. Running causes lots of problems. It causes lots of wear and tear. It's bad for your body. And I said, well, do you know what? Running's actually not bad for your body. Running's one of the most natural things we've done. You know, If you look back to the persistent hunters, you know, they would run for hours on end to hunt down food before we had, you know, spears and tools and those sort of things. Our only advantage over animals was that, that they weren't able to sweat and, and mitigate the heat in the same way that we are. And so we could just jog after them until they overheated and that was actually how we hunted. So, so running is a very natural thing, but running badly, I can agree, running badly is bad for you. You're running with bad technique, that's definitely bad for you causing stress on your body. So I would say running well is very healthy, but running badly can certainly cause issues. So what is running, good running technique? Oh, there's a, there's, a, there's a number of factors to it. Obviously, you know, we do a whole sort of workshops on this. Um, but there's a number of factors to it. But essentially what it comes down to is really good posture. So, so being able to maintain a really nice, tall, straight posture with your chest up nice and high and forwards, and then you lean forwards. So a good running technique is actually really keeping your whole spine nice and straight leaning forwards from your ankles and allowing your feet to remain underneath you if not behind you. Um, and so essentially what you're then doing is, is falling forwards. And so rather than propelling yourself forward with your legs or with your feet, you're actually allowing your body to fall forwards and your body to create the momentum. And all you're then doing is lifting your feet almost like straight up and down like pistons and catching yourself from falling flat on your face. So so it's it's this weird sensation of kind of falling forwards which – for many people, the first time they do it, they're sort of like, wow, is that how we're supposed to run? And, and is that okay? Because that feels like I'm cheating. Like It's like because your momentum is just carrying you forwards. Um, and really, that's it. It's about maintaining that good momentum. And then what naturally happens as you do that as well is that rather than your heel striking the ground way out in front of yourself, which if you think about it biomechanically, if I strike my heel into the ground out in front of myself, then I'm going to be putting a, a downwards and forward pressure into the ground which of course means that the ground is going to be putting a backward and upward pressure into me. The ground is actually, it's like I'm putting the brakes out. You know, I'm kind of like Fred Flintstone and his little car sticking my feet out in front of me to put the brakes on. And so allowing your feet to come back under yourself allows you to stop that, that brake, take that brake off and allow your momentum to keep carrying forwards. And it also means that you know, when your foot falls out in front of yourself, not only does it put the brake into the ground, but you then have to somehow propel yourself up and over that leg to get yourself moving forwards rather than just allowing, as I said, your weight and your momentum to carry and to fall forwards. So so getting that sort of really nice midfoot strike, bending at the ankles, keeping your posture really nice and straight, your chest up and forwards, and, and making sure that it's your chest up and forwards, not your head, um, and that you're not buckling and bending at the waist, which is what many people do, particularly in our modern society because we spend so much time sitting. Um, but, but allowing that nice, straight, upright posture and allowing your body to move and fall forwards. Um, we actually had, a, I should share with you, we got some great photos. We did our cave camp just recently, uh, which is our weekend retreat that we do. And, uh, and we got some great photos from the camp of our participants actually going through and doing the barefoot running workshop. And, and there was a really good one there of my co-host Steve doing the barefoot running technique. And you can just see his really straight, upright posture, his nice lean forwards. So... If people want to check that out, if they go to the to the hashtag CaveCamp14, they'll be able to see on Facebook or Instagram those photos and uh, and see what that looks like because it was a really good example. And that, that's along the same kind of principles. It's that chi running that's quite 
Yeah, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of them that are out there. There's chi running. There's pose running. There's there's uh, quite a number of different books out there. You know, they they all seem to take slightly different approaches, but they're very very similar at the same time. Um, certainly, those the chi running and the and the pose running books were the with two that I started with, um, as well as doing some work with my personal trainer who I was working with at the time, who was big into doing barefoot training and barefoot running. Um, and so those were two that I found really beneficial initially to help uh, sort of get things rolling. And it's that whole thing, like if you were to watch a, oh, like a five-year-old run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't they, they just? Running, that's exactly it? how they run. And well, providing, of course, that they've been able to spend time without shoes on as well. You know, I remember speaking to my podiatrist as I was going through this process, and and his take on it was that no kid prior to the age of four should ever wear shoes. That that's such an important stage in terms of the development of their feet that they just shouldn't be wearing shoes at all at that stage. And so. You know, we of course think, well, okay, they're going off to kindy, they have to have shoes, they're going here, there, they have to have shoes on the whole time. But actually, we might be doing them a disservice by putting shoes on them the whole time. And um, so, yeah, allowing that natural development. And, and like I said, like you said, the kids, you watch them run around and they just do it effortlessly and they run for hours on end, seemingly without tiring. And uh, and I think it gives you a bit of an insight as to as to how to run effectively and how to exercise effectively. And and I think the other part of it is that they're playing, aren't they? You know, that mindset of playing rather than exercising um, creates vastly different results in terms of your output and your energy, I think. Yeah, totally. And there's some, I mean, that's the other problem as well is that there's the, the shoes available to kids all have heels in them, don't they? Oh, they're so heeled and they're so rigid. I mean, you pick up some of these kids' shoes and you just cannot physically bend them. And, and actually, many of these shoe shops you'll go into and they'll say, yeah, this is the best one. Look, you can't even bend it. It's so strict and rigid. And you kind of go, well... Why, why is that good? I don't, I don't quite understand why you're suggesting that's a good idea. It's so unnatural. And, and so these kids are developing in completely flat, rigid shoes with heel lifts in them. They're, many of them are only ever really walking around on flat grounds. They're, they're not getting out into nature and walking on rough terrain and trails and all those sort of things. So they're just not getting that stimulation that's required to build up the musculature in their feet and also to stimulate their nervous system so that their brains are developing appropriately. Yeah, totally. So why don't we um, let listeners know, like, how does somebody go about, you know, transitioning into, be- like, say, like, for me, for example, I used to have to buy the Asics, Asics shoes with the massive mm. arch, you know, me the, too. You know, like, <laughs> 400 bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It killed me. You and, know, when I first transitioned into this, I'd literally just bought myself a pair of, like, the top line Asics runners, yeah. and I'd spent, yeah, three or 400 bucks on them, and it, and I, re- I, I started doing this barefoot running stuff and I actually went out and I bought myself a pair of Dunlop volleys and took out the inserts. That's actually how I started. Uh, primarily because I wanted to see whether there was really a difference between wearing just a pair of Dunlop volleys or spending the extra money and getting the proper barefoot shoes, um, which incidentally there was, uh, but it was a great way to start. And so I bought this like, I don't know, $20 pair of Dunlop volleys. And uh, do you guys have those over there, Dunlop volleys? No, but it sounds like an incredibly there's, similar story to how I started. They're such, they're such an Aussie icon, I think, the Dunlop Volley. But they're just oh, a very simple, basic, flexible shoe. Yeah. And um, anyway, I, I just bought those and they were like 20 bucks. And, and I realized that I was doing far better in those than I ever did in my three or $400 shoes. And so I ended up, I think I ended up giving them to charity because I just couldn't bear to throw them out. I was like, I've spent so much money on these shoes. Yeah. And, uh, but I was doing better in the, in the $20 pair of shoes. So I think, um, yeah, look, the first step is really get yourself some shoes. Um, you might want to start on the grass. Uh, I'd encourage you to, to, you know, read some stuff, check out some books, maybe look at uh, Danny Dreyer's Chi Running book. 
Uh, maybe have a listen to some of the podcasts we've done on the Wellness Guys. You know, we interviewed um, Chris McDougall, who wrote the uh, Born to Run book. We've interviewed a couple of other people there about running technique, and we've done a couple of episodes there, so they can give you some tips. Um, and then, of course, look, I do barefoot running workshops as well. So I'm doing one in uh, oh, about eight weeks' time, I think, up on the Sunshine Coast. Um, and uh, and those workshops are a great way. You know, we spend about 90 minutes really going through the whole technique and teaching people how to do it. And, and it's amazing to see from the start to the end of one of those workshops just how much people's techniques change uh, and how much more they're enjoying and how much easier they're finding running, which is fascinating. Yeah, because it's been a, um, quite a big case with because Vibrant's are barefoot running shoes. And there's yep. been quite a big court case with them, haven't there, with the... Um, uh, people just basically people just going straight into it too fast. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, it's like anything. If you do it poorly, then you run the risk of causing yourself an injury. And if you do it, if you run into it, go and jump into it too fast, then you run the risk of causing yourself an injury. And you know what? At the end of the day, really, any physical endeavor does have a risk of injury as well. So you know, whatever you're doing, whether you're just walking to work, whether you're picking up your groceries, whether you're doing you know, CrossFit or barefoot running or, or, you know, whatever it is or nothing, in fact. Probably the most dangerous thing you can do is just sitting in a chair. Um, so, you know, all of these things can cause injuries, uh, but you're going to be far better off getting out and getting moving and getting some quality exercise than, than sitting in the chair. Yeah, exactly. Just move your body. Absolutely. Awesome. So crucial. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. That was very insightful and I love hearing other people out there barefoot running. I went for yeah. a run. On, we were at the beach on the weekend. I went barefoot on the beach. It was freezing. Yeah. yeah it was been cold. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do sometimes slip on my barefoot shoes for, things, for events like that. So I, uh, you know, I do sometimes wimp out when it's a bit cold, but I do like to get the shoes off sometimes as well because you know, I do find that when I'm actually barefoot, barefoot, as opposed to even the barefoot shoes, which are only three mil thick, I find I do, my technique improves even further when I really take my shoes off. Yeah, totally. And it's a, it just makes you feel incredible as well. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Isn't it amazing? And that's, that's, I think, a lot to do with that proprioceptive stimulation of your brain. It really makes you de-stress. It makes you feel grounded. It makes you feel relaxed. It makes you feel happy. And it's, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Nicola. Yeah. Well, listeners, if you have got any questions for Dr. Brett Hill, just let me know, email them in. Otherwise, make sure you sign up to the newsletter and we will be in touch with our next episode. The materials and content in this podcast are there to educate and to inform. There's no substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Instead, I encourage you to discuss your options with your healthcare provider who knows your condition and your health history. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience and conclusions. Nicola Riley encourages you to make your own healthcare decisions based on your research and in partnership with your qualified healthcare professional.